Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast that reviews movies and talks that nerd shit. It's a wonderful day as we bring to you another review, and today we're going to be talking about Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. As always, it is the Nerdy Chigani here to host the show, lots of our wonderful co-hosts, Brian Yoda. Uh, sub's up, everybody. Uh, there's, there's nobody in here because we're recording, so sub's up, everybody in the future. Thank you for watching, yep. tuning in. We appreciate it. Yep. I, I, I really, what's it called? Uh, I, I really, what's it called? Uh, what, what am I trying to say here? I, I fuck up, I fuck up with, with Brad's mojo when it's not, when it's not a stream. Yeah. Cause recording. I gotta, I gotta make up shit that like, I just gotta go off. Yeah. Uh, I gotta go off a uh, track and then, um, Rose gotta be like, we, we gotta do a show. Like you gotta bring it back. <laughs> this is yeah. not the first episodes, Brad. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh crap, I'm recording. So now I'm actually talking to them as if it's dropping on Monday. Yeah. So oh. this, uh, th- this is Brad from the past talking to people of the future. Yep. Yep. But of course, if you wanted this a little bit early, this does drop on Patreon before it goes live on uh, on right ev- on everywhere on Monday. Let's go. Patreon.com slash nerdcore. A dollar gets you this episode early before anybody else gets to watch it on Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time. But uh, of course, before we can get into any of that, Brad, we were just on live show, I know. But yeah. I have to say it again. How are you, Brad? Doing well, doing well, Roll. Uh, not sick, not uh, not uh, well, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> Do better than you, <laughs> doing better than me. Uh, you were doing better than oh. me last week, though, so we just kind of yeah. just flipped it, yeah. But then again, Brad, you saw me yesterday, and you today, were horrible I think... yesterday. I'm like, why is he recording? Like, he is dying. I don't want to <laughs> fuck up the schedule. I don't want to fuck up the schedule. This man, we have a good thing going on, on here. me, and I'm just like, and I, I was really, and we were doing a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and I was like really excited about this movie, and I know Raul was too, but like Raul was just so much dying, like you couldn't tell, like he, he, he this was Raul. <laughs> I'm excited. It's a conspiracy for me, and like when you bring up Pacino, like usually like Raul's eyes like flash, and he's yeah. just like so happy. <laughs> He does yet, a Pagino voice. <laughs> yet last night I was not happy. No, he was. He was not. Uh, I still say uh, we. I think we gave a pretty good review on that, even though yeah, you're half dead. Yeah. Um, but I will say, if you haven't seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, go watch it. It's on yeah. Peacock. I think it's on um, Amazon Prime. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yesterday was just bad. But I'm like, bro, I don't want this this schedule to get fucked up. I I, I don't want the schedule to get fucked up again. And so that, that man did the worst thing, thing ever, and he was like, "Brad, you host," and I'm like, "Uh, uh what?" Yeah, it's like I don't want to. <laughs> like I don't know what I don't know everything you say, so I'm just gonna make it up. <laughs> it's like if I haven't been here with him, like yeah, but I don't pay now. attention because I'm just trying to remember what the fuck I'm supposed to say with the, the Shane part. Like, okay, it's, what is it again? Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I have to push the play on that every time. Yeah, but um, Brad, uh, uh, you were um, you watch anything today? Yeah, I know you said I I, um, I, I watched Tokyo Vice. What's um, what's Tokyo Vice? So it is a so <clears throat> it's setting in Tokyo. Uh, I'll go over the kind of the first episode yeah. how it starts, and you have um basically <laughs> I don't think it's a college kid. I think he's out out of college or just graduated, and at the time he's teaching English to uh i think it's japanese moms and he's trying to get a journalist job 
And apparently to get this, it's like a very, you know, nobody like gets this job, especially um, Americans. He's, he's from Missouri. And so he has to take this test and he gets brought in because mm-hmm. he does so well on the test, even though he missed some questions. And basically he becomes the first like American to be hired on as, um, you know, a journalist for this paper, this Japanese paper, very old, old paper that's been around forever and everybody reads. Um, and then he gets on the police beat. And so you go with him into all these different like like he has to write all these stories and he goes and you just follow his progression in this and how he makes connections with, you know, for first this one cop, he kind of just goes to the bar with and get some stories from there. But there's this bigger story on the outside that he's trying to figure out that looks like it involves the Yakuza. And so you, 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 I'm on like episode, I think four or five, and it just goes deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole is basically what's happening. Yeah. Sounds like it's kind of like treading kind of like noir territory, but also um, kind of like a journalist journalism. It's, like- it's more like a journalist, um, but it does have that Yakuza background into it. So you, you get to see some of that cultural aspect that you don't really get to see anywhere else about the Yakuza. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I, 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 like I said, I started um, um, Abbott Elementary uh, season three. I still but, have not uh, watched any episode of that. That that is one that I want to get to because I've heard hilarious. it's hilarious. And then then they won all the awards on one of those. What was it? The Golden Globes one year? Like they won like yeah, everything. Won, with the the Emmys, really won a yeah, ton of stuff. Dude, it's just genuinely funny. It's like if you like The Office, if you like Parks and Rec, you're gonna love Abbott Elementary. And um, uh, I started that today because uh, the first episode dropped yesterday. So uh, I, went, I went ahead and I, I watched that today. I, I do need to watch uh, Lulu Wong's new um, work. She's got a show on um, Amazon Prime called Expats. So um, I need to get to watching that. But I might let that drop all all by itself first and then watch, uh, watch it. Because, uh, like I said, Lulu Wang is great. I love the farewell, so I want to see what what she's got cooking with this new show that she's she's making. Sounds interesting. Yep, I, I yeah. mean I love the farewell. That was my favorite movie in 2019. That's right. That's that's, that's back right. when um before the pandemic and I lost three years. Yeah, yeah, true, true that, true that, true that. But um, today we're here to talk about Kills of the Flower Moon, y'all. We're getting through some reviews that we have here that we want to get to. Uh, hopefully, the next one we do, we're we um, well, not the next one like, like that. But like, I want to get to watching a dream scenario so we can do that as well. But um, without further ado, Brad, let's go ahead and get them ready for this. If they have not watched uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, you should probably get out of here. If they care about spoilers, but if they don't care about spoilers, or you've already watched the movie, go ahead and stay. Either way, how any of that goes, this is your one and only spoiler warning, and it is in effect in a five, four, three. Two, one. <laughs> Man, you got shit done to read. I know, Brad. I might have to tap out and tell you that what's it called? Uh, read like a little bit of it, but, okay. but I, um, I can I can do that. I I can read all of it if you need me. So okay, um, yeah, please do because like because okay. I'm, I'm just looking like, at it, I'm like, man, we gonna be here all night. I'm about uh, like 21 minutes from having to take my Nyquil, and my nose <laughs> is getting stuffed again. So I'm okay. ready to get. So I will get to read it now. So coming from <laughs> Wikipedia. 
Colors of the Flower Moon is a 2023 American epic Western crime drama film co-written, produced, and directed by Martin Scorsese. Eric Roth and Scorsese based their screenplay on the 2017 nonfiction book by David Grant. Set in 1920s Oklahoma, it focuses on a series of murders of Osage members and relations in the Osage Nation after oil was discovered on tribal land. The tribal members had retained mineral rights on the reservation, but a corrupt local political boss sought to steal the tribal members' wealth. Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone lead an ensemble cast, also including Jesse Plemons, Tanto Cardinal, John Lithgow, and Brendan Fraser. It is the sixth feature film collaboration between Scorsese and DiCaprio, the tenth between Scorsese and De Niro, the second between Scorsese and both actors overall, and the eleventh and final between Scorsese and composer Robbie Robertson, who died two months prior to the film's release. The film is dedicated to Robert Robertson. Development began in March 2016 when Imperative Entertainment won the adaptation rights to the book. Scorsese and DiCaprio were attached to the film in 2017, with production expected to begin in early 2018. Following several pushbacks and delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic, production was was scheduled to begin in February 2021 with Apple TV Plus confirmed to finance and distribute the film alongside Paramount Pictures. Principal photography ultimately took place between April and October 2021 in Osage and Washington <laughs> counties, Oklahoma. The film was produced by Scorsese's Sicalia Productions and DiCaprio's Appian Way Productions. With its $200 million budget, reportedly the largest amount ever spent on a film shoot in Oklahoma. Colors of the Flower Moon premiered at the 76th Cannes Film Festival on May 20th, 2023. It was theatrically released in the United States on October 20th, 2023. By Paramount Pictures and Apple Original Films, the film has grossed over $156 million worldwide and received critical acclaim with praise for Scorsese's direction, the screenplay, production, values, editing, cinematography, musical score, and cast performances, especially DiCaprio, Gladstone, and Daniel. Although the runtime received some criticism, it won Best Film at the National Board of Review and was named one of the top 10 films of 2023 by the American Film Institute. It was also nominated for 10 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, seven Golden Globe Awards, including Best Motion Picture Drama, and with Gladstone winning Best Actress Motion Picture Drama, and nine British Academy Film Awards, including Best Film. Oh, let's go through who we got. We got Cinematography, Rodrigo Prieto. Prieto? Prieto. Prieto, thank you. Edited by Thelma Schumacher. You know, I believe she's edited like every Scorsese film, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, music, of course, by Robbie Robbie Robertson. Rest in peace. And running time of 206 minutes. Budget, 200 million. Box office, 156.8 million. But I guarantee this movie made more with uh, subscriptions, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. This, um, I'm pretty sure they made that those 200 back. Um and with the awards they took, let's be real here. This is Scorsese movie. It was meant for the award season. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, three hours and 26 minutes of runtime. Um, which, remember, y'all, wasn't even the, what's it called? The first the first runtime that they wanted after they told him to cut it down at Con. What's it so called? We're, go- we're going to get a director's cut like five hours long. Maybe. I don't know. I think it was like supposed to be like three hours and 40 something. Originally, but um, yeah, they cut it down to 326. 
Um, I'd be interested watching what those 20 minute missing minutes were. I, I would be interested to see it too. I just, I don't know if that, if, um, that'll ever get released. If it'll ever get released. I wonder, I wonder what it was, what, what they had in there, but yeah. Um, Brad, uh, what are your initial thoughts on, uh, Kills of the Flower Moon? Um, I, I believe if we go back, uh, to the end of our year, our top 10, this came in at number two, um, as my second favorite movie of the year. And for good reason, Scorsese at 80, still doing his thing, still being um, a master at the craft. And then bringing in DiCaprio, De Niro, and uh, Lily Gladstone, who probably was the best thing on the screen. And that's saying something with both DiCaprio and De Niro on the screen. So yeah. Lily Gladstone stole the show. Um, and you know, I just love the the look of this film, the the story, just the whole Western part of it. Um, I, I think De Niro is just probably the best villain of the year in what he played. Um, DiCaprio, I think DiCaprio came in with a bit of Gilbert Grape, like a slight Gilbert Grape <laughs> slowness to this character, and played it really well. Um. And just the the violence in this is epic. Um, I, I mean, it, it brings you back to like Scorsese, just uh, like Taxi Driver, and just you know he doesn't back down on just showing the violence that happened to these people, and it's it's a true story. And you get that overall feel of this, and you get how this this these people are trying to kill off a culture for wealth. Yeah. Um. This, this movie is incredible. Uh, I, I I echo what Brad says here as well. Like it's called Scorsese at eighty making some of this, but it's not just Scorsese at, at eighty doing his thing. Is doing his thing at this level where it's like this is this is like it's incredible, man. I mean, he's creating he's creating another epic for himself. Where you know, I um I thought very much that like. I, I, I kept bringing this back where I was like, I thought like, hey, man, if he ever wanted to finish off with a movie, if he wanted to put a bow on his career, I thought that the yeah. Irishman would have been that one. This, After this, watching Kills of the Flower Moon? Yeah, this... I mean, <laughs> then he's going off for another one. He's still got more. And then, like I, we said it, like, I don't think... I don't think he's going to be, what's it called? Uh, satisfied. He's, not, he's no. not satisfied until he, he's finished. He will, he, he will die in the middle but let's be who will probably pass away in the middle of filming or his film being edited or hasn't been done. It, it will be another Kubrick. It'll be a Kurosawa. Um, yeah. it, it'll probably end up what happened to Spielberg too. Yeah. Honestly. I know he says he's like, Oh, I maybe have like four more left. I'm like, ah, I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe I, you. He's going to keep going until he can't go anymore. Yeah. That's, that's my feeling. I, I love that you bring up Lily Gladstone. Cause I think Lily Gladstone is the, not just the best performance of this of this movie. I think she is literally what holds this movie together. I don't think if you have Lily Gladstone in there portraying uh, Molly Burkhart, the story she, doesn't work. The story doesn't work. Um, which is just which is just crazy to think that like before this script was rewritten, I apparently I read that that Molly was only in there for like maybe like three scenes. Yeah, I can't, and I don't understand how that could because everything involving molly it, it yeah that, that's what makes this movie like her family is being decimated and you can just yeah. tell her character and then they go after her 
and it's all of that. It's, it's not them. And then you're like, oh, they're not just going after her. They're going after that whole that whole Osage nation. They're going after yeah. everyone. Yeah. But De Niro is absolutely menacing in here. I mean, it is. Oh, my he, God. He is scary. He is scary, Brad. And, like, and you you go and you you ask yourself how um how how Ernest can like you know just fall in line and then you look at the dude and you're like, well Ernest is a bit slow. He's obviously yep. came back from World War One, so probably a lot of PTSD going on. And then yep. his uncle's scary as shit. Yeah, it's basically the mob. That's what we're looking at. The <laughs> mob leader. <laughs> yeah, I think you know throughout the film. You you can tell that Ernest is like, it's like, well, I gotta gotta do what I gotta do what King tells me to do. And he's yeah, like, yeah, he's King, like I don't really want to get in the way of Uncle King here. Yeah, King gave me a job, and got me driving, you know. Yep. And I don't know, I don't, I I don't think I can say that that this man loves Bali because I don't think you would you you could love you, somebody you and and kill her and try to poison her to death. Yeah, but part of me wants to go like. Like he knew he was putting stuff extra into it. Yeah. I, I still like the man was a little bit slow though. Like, like he wasn't all there. He couldn't have been all there because he he really thought King was doing the best thing for him. I, I, there's part of me that wants to think that Ernest didn't really actually know, and maybe that's just just DiCaprio's performance being so good. I think that's just the Gabriel's performance being so good. Yeah, because there's part of me that's just like, I don't know if Ernest, like, Ernest, like, it's medicine. You got to take it. (laughs) King said it to help you. And as she just gets sicker, he's like, huh, I don't don't know. Maybe it's just the diabetes. (laughs) Yep, yep. But, I mean, he's, DiCaprio's fantastic. But there is a point where, like, at the end, you're going, yeah, Ernest kind of, I think Ernest had an idea. Like, there's a slight idea. Part of me wants to be like, I don't think Ernest completely knew what he was doing, but there is part of me that's like, she's not getting better. Maybe like, this isn't what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, that Scorsese, like, once again, you bring it up, like the brutality. This is like, it's brutality that we haven't seen from here in a while. I mean, even then, the Irishman to me wasn't as brutal as this. I no, mean, the Irishman the house- had violence for sure, but. But I mean, when the house blows up in this movie, and she and, goes, and, and they you, go to pick up the, the body, wood, and like, and then like her brain like just falls out of her head. Like, it's fucking brutal, man. It's fucking yeah. brutal. I, that whole scene, that, that fucking cool scene, like the whole explosion <sighs> of the house, and she's just laying there when they find her, and like, yeah, she looks okay, and then they go to pick her up, and you're like, oh, yeah, nope. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. It is fucking crazy, and you know, no amount of what's called. De- depiction on the screen might even begin to fucking even bring to what's it called like how accurate it is or even no. like, like, it's, like that, there that's was probably, probably just yeah going on yeah that's probably not even close to what it was actually like no that I, I bet you that Osage Nation was decimated just by the this group of people who just wanted their oil yeah, and that's right. They really—that was really what it was. They were marrying into the Osage Nation and then killing off people piece by yeah. piece. Well, they were—they were what's it called? Uh, they were take what's it called? They were—they uh, were uh, deceiving them. They were making it seem like they were actually, and like, and I and I throughout this whole movie, like I felt so much for those sisters, like especially oh. the one who like obviously was an alcoholic 
but she was being like taken advantage by everybody else. Yeah, and, and then her just being killed like that, just like and that's how kind of how it was. You had a uh, De Niro kill off off the the one guy who he had insurance policy on because he didn't believe he was going to pay his debt back, and yep. it's just just how easily like all like all these people were just killing people. Yeah. And then Ernest was just going around telling people to kill people. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Also, he can't help but uh, talk about the fact that, uh, that uh, De Niro was uh, spanking uh, DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's some uh, Mason Mason shit going on right there. If you that probably wanted, had to be one fun day on you set. You want to know what happened in the Masonic Lodge. <laughs> He goes, you're going to learn how to do my job, right, boy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a big God. paddle, too. Like, holy God. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure he looked at Marty and said, hey, Marty, I think we're going to need a second take on that one, right? Hey, Marty, like, I didn't get it that time. It, like, the, the paddle didn't whistle enough. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, my just, God. Just tied up there, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Some of the best of uh, Prieto's, uh, what's it called? Uh, camera work and the lighting is just fucking fantastic. I especially love the scenes where where like it's a lot of practical and like the fire is lighting up a lot of the screen and you have just some fantastic lighting in here, bro. Oh, yeah. I think they do such a great job with oh, that. Oh, the, the cinematography in this is just goddamn gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, the score is great too. Um, really, really sucks that this is Robbie Robertson's final score. And he didn't even get to see the finished product. Yeah. So that's. But such a great score, man. He's, it was great, great composition. It really and, added to the whole movie, to the, the tension, and then also yeah. kind of to the Western thematic of it. Um, so really, really good score. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's some of his best there up there with Raging Bull, bro. Raging Bull and fucking Silence. I love his score for Silence. Um, Fucking Wolf of Wall Street, too, has a great score as well. But he's such an incredible composer. And I was like, when I walked into this, I was like, there's no way that this guy doesn't do a great job on this score. because this He's one of the best of, of all time, man. Yeah. Um, but also, you cannot talk about that um, that ending. I think that ending is probably one of the greatest endings to a movie of all time. Um, instead of you just like ending it like that, I kind of, um, uh, Scorsese kind of, Flips it, uh, flips it, and it's kind of like him uh, commentating on like the fact that instead of us like learning about these things and like actually learning about it and going about like trying to fix things in this country, mm -hmm. what happens is that instead we use it as like we use it as like this thing to exploit. And, like we've we sat here, we've just, learned just about the entertainment out of it. Yeah, like we've sat here and we've we've what's it called learned about these people what's it called uh, exploitation by others to just instead exploit them back by like using them as like for like topics for true crime and all these things. And it's like yeah. for it to end with that, like where Scorsese says like she, she died, she wants to go, she never remarried, she died. And, uh, and for it to end with the actual, like, you know, the people just celebrate what's it called doing that, the ritual and what's it called celebrating with each other. I thought that ending was so powerful, very, very powerful. And I love that also that Scorsese also brings up um, Tulsa in there as well. Yep. In the film, he brings up the Tulsa Tulsa riots. And he was like, the, the natives are saying like, oh, this is like, it's what just like what happened in Tulsa. And it's like, it really puts a lot I mean, of things I mean, into perspective. And and again, I say our, our history books are shit because we never learned this. 
Yeah. We don't learn this until you know you you have <clears throat> a rapper name his album Black Wall Street, or it's said on a, you know a comic book show. You know you you don't learn about this shit, and that's I I mean that's that's kind of sad in a way. Yeah. But um, what's it called? Yeah. So like, so she ends it saying like that she divorced Ernest. She married somebody and like, but she died of diabetes and uh, she was buried with her parents and all that. And it's just it's. Like I, I love that. I love that. I love that ending. I think it's just to to me. A lot of this movie is also like uh, a way of like him commentating on cinema itself, and it's like what it's become. It's become like such a like exploitative nature of like us instead of like wanting to decipher the truth of these stories, we want to just like use it as a way to um Watch as to like make money off of their stories. Yeah. Instead of like trying to learn from them and trying to like better our lives with it. So I think that's just, I think that Scorsese just does this so incredibly well. Now I do have to agree with some stuff with, with people when it comes to this, with, with his runtime, I think that it does drag a little bit in the second act. I think it's like the, the, the pace does drag a bit in the second act, but it's nothing that got me like completely what's it called out of it. I was uh I still love this movie so much, but yeah. my only my only gripe is is the pacing in the second act. I, I kind of, but you know, I kind of disagree with those people who complain about the runtime, because yeah. I think if you cut it down to say two hours or hour thirty, you're not going to have enough to tell this whole story, this whole history. You're not going to yeah. have that time. This is this is a very overwhelming large story. Yeah. That you know, I didn't know about that was never taught in the <clears throat> history book I read. What's and crazy, so Brad? For Scorsese to bring this in, you need you need that long runtime. I mean, my might have liked the intermission in between, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and and I don't think it has a lot to do with the runtime. I think mostly it's the direction in there and how like certain scenes are directed, maybe, and like how it's edited. But um, to me, I just I felt like it was dragging a little bit in the second act. Now, what's crazy, Brad, is that we say like how we never learn about this. And, you know, it's like we hear that this is based on a novel and it's like you kind of sit there and think like, oh, I'm pretty sure it was like an old novel that nobody ever wanted to like what's it called bring up. Brad, this novel was written in 2017. Yeah. When I <sighs> never heard about it. Never heard about it. Yeah. So it's uh, so maybe that's on me. Not. I would uh, like to read this novel. But, but, you know, that's that's the thing, though, with the advent of the internet and video and just in the palm of your hand, um, books have kind of gone <laughs> to the wayside. So, you know, it might be on me, too. Yeah. And not looking into more stuff to read. I got a whole pile of books that I want to read. Yep. A whole pile, right? Yeah. But um, I, I think this film is incredible. It's just another, not just another um, uh, example of how great Martin Scorsese is as a director, but it's another example of how, you know, fucking DiCaprio is still on his game. Then Nero, you know, you could sit there and tell me what's it called, uh, like, oh, De Niro got this role just because him and Martin Scorsese are friends. But sure. I look at his performance here and I'm like, I don't think I want anybody else to play him but De Niro. And that's a De Niro as the fucking villain is still good. And you look at a picture of what William King Hale looked like, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I think he kind of does look like De Niro. <laughs> kind of does look like De Niro. I mean, but this is this is like we've seen like a lot of the De Niro has been a lot of villains. Like, but I, he's I mean, never I, been this type of villain. He's bro. never been like come, just this is an evil character De Niro played. Yep. Like like we've seen some really bad criminals, and like you know they kill people, but. 
this man was going above and beyond in the killing and then taking of wealth and land and whatever, yeah. taking everything. And even in jail, he was taking shit. Yeah. And it's, and you know, like, also, I just, I love how it's just, it's, it's Scorsese mixing not just the whole crime aspect, which he's been known for dealing with in like films forever. Yeah. But he like deals with it with like, with the backdrop of a Western, which is something that we're not used to Scorsese doing. No. Like we've never seen, we haven't seen Scorsese done a pure Western like this before. Mm. And for him to like weave it together with something like, like gangster films, like a gangster like, films, like, like his casino and yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like, I think, I think that was fucking masterful. And of course, uh, the incredible performance by Lily Gladstone, which I think is probably one of the best performances of this decade. I'm, and I'm telling you, without her, the movie, it just the movie doesn't, doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't hold up. But Brad, what is your final verdict? Rock, I really like this movie. Um, do I think... I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> agree with the pacing thing, because I think you need that fucking long-ass runtime, personally. So I don't really have an issue with this movie. I... I I think it's damn near perfect, and for that, I'm going to give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, straight, Brad. Uh, my ver my my score, I, I give it a nine out of ten. It is incredible. I just I stack this up against all the other films that I've seen from Scorsese, and it's just it does it doesn't like what's it called stack up there like with with like Last Temptation with Goodfellas and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I'd rank it high though. Like it's it's, it's high for me. It's yeah. like top ten to me. Yeah, but it's just. Compared to like what I think is his perfect film, it's like it just doesn't get to that. Yeah, Goodfellas, I think maybe Casino, but you know, for me, I'd put it up there with him. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we thank you all so much for joining us, and as always, please uh, follow along with us on Nerdcore.com, Twitter at the Nerdcore underscore, Instagram at the Nerdcore, Threads is as well the Nerdcore, uh, TikTok is at the Nerdcore, Discord link is in the description below. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, click the notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that drops on the channel. And of course, please go ahead. And if you're watching, if you're listening to this on the audio side of things, make sure that you leave a five-star review on the channel on the on the on the podcast after your choice. Wow, I'm losing it. Um, and what's it called? Make sure to follow us. And yeah, I need my NyQuil. Um <laughs> Um, as always, we want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron by going over to patreon.com slash nerdcore and pledging to the $1 tier. You get this episode early before anybody else gets to watch it. And of course, it's just not possible without our wonderful patrons. They make it happen and we love them for it. Brad, can you tell them about our wonderful uh, executive producer, Shane? You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK <laughs> or at Twitter at thriftedil or go buy something from the suppy guide at presentcityvintage.com. Shout out to Shane. Thank you. Yeah. Love you, Shane. Okay, I looked at my list. Yeah, this is number nine. This is number nine in my hey, mind. Scorsese. Yep. On top of Kundun and and behind uh, After Hours. You need to watch After Hours, Brad. Yeah, I probably need to watch After Hours. I probably Af like that. I, I didn't Oof. really like Kundun, though. That was my yeah. favorite from Scorsese. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I've got some great ones on top of this. I mean, you got After Hours, King of Comedy, Casino, The Irishman, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, and, of course, my favorite, Last Temptation. See, yeah, so, I like the Irishman, but I think I like this one more. Just, I think it's just different flavors. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, a lot of what's it called? A lot of his late filmography is now starting to like concentrate on aging and on like 
what's it called? Him sitting back and like reflecting a lot of like what his what what he's been seeing in the past and all uh, these. Yeah. Uh, also, it's a western. Yeah. And if we know anything, I love samurai movies. Yep. And guess where western spaghetti westerns <laughs> came from? Yep. Came from fucking samurai movies. <laughs> yep. All right, man. With that said, Brad, let's go ahead and get them out of here. All right, Raul. Thank you, being host as always. Thank to all those who join us in future chats as this is recorded. <laughs> thank you to our listeners out there, our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure, please, to leave us a like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, we love reading your comments if they're not hateful. And we love interacting with y'all. Yeah, if if it's like a good interaction, not like if it's like you just being an asshole. So nobody wants to be an ass. Nobody wants to deal with an asshole. No. So we just we just mute you. That's all that happens. So, anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and to end this episode, I, I don't know. Marry for love and treat your wife right. And yep. Tell your villainous uncle to fuck off. Yeah, we'll go with that. Young Yoda out.